Irish Football Fan TV. Delighted to be joined by Ireland number one, Darren Randolph, and obviously a West Ham player. Um, Darren, thanks very much for taking the time out to have a chat with me. No problem. Thank you for having me. I've got lots of time at the minute, seeing as there's no football going on, so I wasn't exactly up to much. Yeah, well, it's great to have you on. Um, it's been a long time in the making, to be honest. We, we, we haven't had a chance to catch up. Um, we did a video when you first started your academy, and there was an air vent uh, ventilator that messed up the sound, so we didn't actually get to go into it too much. So what we're going to do is we're going to just talk about your career from the early days to, to now, and we'll start off, I suppose, you started your career with Ardmore Rovers, am I right in saying that? Ardmore Rovers, yeah, in 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 Bray, uh, in Wicklow, uh, where where I grew up, yeah, my hometown. Um, yeah, started off there under eights, nines, tens, maybe, all the way through uh, until I ended up leaving, going to England when I was uh, fifteen. What was that like going to England at fifteen? Because you know, I, I spoke to Jason Knight last week and he went over 15, 16, you know, and it's one of those things, it, it, it's a very difficult thing, but at 15, to leave to go over to a different country, what's that like in the mind of a 15-year-old? Well, I was, so basically played, playing football back at Ardmore with my mates and everything else, it was, it was fun, you meet up with the lads, have a laugh, everything else, and then I was excited to go to England, but very quickly you realise, and I don't think, a lot of people realize this. You go to these academies and it's serious. You're straight in. Like, it's a business. You go, yeah, you do. You have your, 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 your laughing and you're joking with the rest of the lads in the academy, but you're training every day. The, not the fun fact that doesn't get sucked out of it, but you realize very quickly how serious you are and how serious they take it being, being in an academy and going into full time, well, kind of full time football when you're in the academy taken out the whole education side of it. And do you find that helps you grow up quicker? Like you become a man quicker? Uh, I think it depends on the individual. Some people you've seen, uh, you've seen many of the best young talents at 15, 16 end up going home after a few years. You've seen lads that go over mid twenties that are fine. Um, so yeah, it can help some people. Some people get homesick. It doesn't help them because they're there by themselves. You know, all their mates are back home. Because when I was in the digs, I was lucky enough to be, there's another Irish boy there with me called Stephen Tucker, who used to play for Cherry Orchard. Um, so on the weekends, the rest of the English boys would go back home to their families in different parts of London or Kent. And it would just be me and him in the digs. Now in the second year, he ended up leaving. So it was just me in the digs on the weekend. Um, but obviously we played Saturday, so it was only really Sunday I was there by myself. The rest of the lads would come back uh, Sunday night or they'd come straight into training on, on, the, on the Monday. Um, so some parts of it were, were, were difficult. But uh, again, it was the choice that I made. And, and um, I suppose for me personally, made, I made a load of mistakes. Uh, it took me a while to cop on. But... Um, definitely lots of learning curves at the age of 15 16 obviously being over there in a different country by yourself it will get lonely so you know it's natural that you're going to make mistakes and stuff like that but um on your first club then that you signed with was it charlton wasn't it yeah first club signed at charlton yeah um what did i sign first two two year 
academy then i think with an option of a two-year two-year pro um but i don't even I, don't, I didn't last the two years in the academy i think after a few months i was up with the first team so uh spent the majority of the time then training with them and traveling with them to games but they were they were good there weren't they they were in the premier league and all Charlton or Premier League, they were always. I was there for seven years in total. For the first four or five years, it was <clears throat> they were a steady, you know, mid-table, mid-table Prem team. Um, it was only in the last couple of years, obviously, got relegated to the Championship. I think the first season finished mid-table in the Championship, and then the next season got relegated to League One. Uh, they still had a lot of big, uh, big names, big earners on the books in them two years, even in League One. Um, and then I think we lost in the semi-finals of the playoffs on penalties to uh, to Swindon. And after that season, and the team the team broke up. My contract came to an end. Um, they offered me another year, um, but I ended. I wanted I wanted to move. And I think at the end of that season, I only ended. I played the last fourteen games. Uh, ended up playing in the in the uh, playoff semi-final against Swindon. Um obviously I wanted to I wanted to move, but I didn't have there wasn't a load of teams there. There was a lot of uh you know all right come here on trial or you come here as, you know, a number two or um yeah we want you but we need, you know, to get rid of this person first, blah blah blah. Usual stuff in football basically saying we don't want you or you know if worst case scenario we'll take you. And it was uh, it was lower league teams, um, so ended up speaking to obviously my agent, and we basically just had a plan. And the plan was go to Scotland, do well in Scotland, get back to the Championship, do well in the Championship, get back to the Premier League. Now, in my head at the time, I'm thinking, right, I'll go Scotland for a year, smash that, go Championship smash that and then I'll be back in the Premier League. <laughs> uh, in reality, it was three years in Scotland, then two years in the Championship and then to the Premier League. So it was five years that the, what, plan, what the plan actually took. What age were you when you went, when you moved to Scotland? Uh, mm-hmm. 23. Okay. Yeah. Still, very, uh, still very young for a goalie though. Young, young for a goalie, but I'd only played... Uh, I probably only played 15, 16 games for Charlton at that stage, at at 23. Um, so then going to Motherwell, I spoke to uh, Craig Brown. He was the manager at the time. And Motherwell, I think they had a like Europa League um, qualifying matches. Um, so that was one thing that I wanted to to like go and try. Um, he was a good manager too. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. He went up to Scotland manager, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I think maybe was I think was he Scotland manager before? One or the other, but he was there. He I was a, a decent manager. Yeah. I think he was Scotland manager before, and then obviously when he went to Motherwell, it was obviously coming to the end, and so went there anyway. Uh, obviously had the Europa League. Who do we play? Uh, some Norwegian team. Um, was it uh, Rosenberg? No, it was the team. What? Remember the Norwegian goalkeeper that signed for Man United? 
uh, Lindegaard. Yeah. So whatever Norwegian team he played for, it was it was his team because I remember playing against him, and then that summer or the next season he ended up moving to Man United, but uh, ended up getting knocked out by them. Um, went to Motherwell. Six months after I got there, Craig Brown and Archie Knox ended up going to Aberdeen. Um, and then Stuart McCall, he came in. Brilliant. I loved loved the time with Stuart, uh, Stuart McCall. Uh, in my first season, uh, I think we finished sixth, uh, got to a, a cup final, ended up losing 2-0 two, two or 2-1 two to Celtic uh, at Hamden. Um, and then the next two years... We had Europa League football and Champions League football. Um, and I think both years we lost to, got knocked out by Olympiacos. And then the next time we got knocked out by FC Copenhagen. And FC Copenhagen had Roy Carroll in goal. Remember Eric Jemba Jemba? Yeah. They had Eric Jemba Jemba playing. Uh, Actually, another boy who was in my academy team at Charlton from uh, Iceland called Rorik Islassen. Um, so, obviously, ended up getting European football at, uh, when I went to Motherwell. Um, and then the second and third year is when Rangers went through all that stuff and got put down a few leagues. Yeah. So, we, end, we ended up finishing second. Obviously, Celtic won the league and then we finished second for the two years in a row. Ended up getting in. In uh, in the team of the season, two years in a row for my second and third year there, um, and then by that stage my uh, contract had finished, um, and we had we had a very we had probably one of, I'm going to say we had one of the best Motherwell teams for for a few years. So it was probably about nine or ten of us that ended up leaving when I left, and obviously I left then to go to uh, go to Birmingham City. Was it that was in James was James McFadden back playing when you when you were there? Yeah, Faddy came back. Faddy's a good guy. Yeah, no, I I, I used to watch him from following Everton. Honestly, I I know him quite well from from following Everton. Um, yeah. but yeah, he was, yeah, he, was, was he was a cult hero for them, wasn't he? He was, and it was well, it was probably frustrating for him. But I, I think by the time he came back, he had uh, problems with his knees, so he couldn't always train. And obviously, he was playing matches and stuff. And again, like some of the stuff, it's like any any player. He, if they're struggling with injuries, or whatever, so you always see that bit of class that that they had. And I mean, you, I, you, I just you, wish like I would have played with him, or he would have been at Motherwell when he was fully fit with no knee injuries and probably a bit younger. Because some of the games and some of the stuff he did, you'd be like, "Yeah, I see why." Like he's a top player, and he'd been where he'd been. Yeah, and you look at. I remember when. You know, Scotland were always in contention for anything like that. He was their main man. He was scoring goals against all the big teams. I, I remember him scoring some big goals because I would have, as I said, followed him closely, being an Everton fan. Yeah. So yeah, no, he, he was he was good, and he was like you said, he was a cult hero. Yeah, he used to have all the mad haircuts, didn't he? When he was, well, that was at his first. Yeah, when he was when he was younger, he didn't have any mad haircuts when he came to he came to Motherwell. He was older then. Yeah, I think he was. He was just about trying to hold on to his hair by the time he came to Motherwell, so he couldn't afford <laughs> to be dying it anymore. Yeah, he so lost he, a few strands. Yeah, he, 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 to be fair, I can't talk about losing strands of hair, but anyway. Yeah, he he um, yeah, he definitely didn't lose anyway. As he said, he he actually came back to Everton as well. I had a second spell there, but anyway, enough about Everton. Um, more about you, Birmingham City. Um, how did that move come about? 
again, coming to the end of Motherwell contract. Um, and I don't know. I guess they just came. They just came to watch. There wasn't Motherwell had offered me another contract, uh, but again, as I said before, I had this. I, I had a plan in my head and a, a direction I wanted to go in. You know, so by the time the Motherwell contract had finished, I was like, right, that's my time in Scotland done. Now to the championship. Um, and Birmingham City came up uh, with Lee Clark as the manager. Um, so yeah. They decided to to go there and and the main thing was to play i didn't at the time i wasn't too bothered about the team i just wanted to get into the championship and start playing yeah well, it's around that time so you're you're talking 2013 um it was around that time um you know it's just after euro 2012 when, when did the ireland interest come about like i know you were involved but when did you really start getting picked for squads was it around that time uh, I've been honestly, I've been in and out of squads for probably ten years. We'll go on to this later, but I, I probably started playing, uh, properly. Obviously, the Germany game, I think, when, and I was twenty-eight then. But I've been, I've been going in and out of squads for ten years before that, traveling everywhere, fourth, fifth choice. If somebody pulled out, go there, train, whatever else. Um, went to Birmingham, and. Yeah, I think whenever there was an injury, or I may have just been brought in just to train, and I obviously kept going, going along because I I enjoyed it. Yeah, and obviously it's, it's a chance to be with your fellow countrymen. Um, so as you said, we'll come we'll come back to to the Ireland stuff then. So just talk to me about um your seasons at Birmingham and where that kind of led you to. The the first season was a difficult one. Uh, we ended up staying up. We ended up avoiding relegation on the last day of the season away to Bolton Wanderers. I think it ended up 2-2. We were 2-0 down. Uh, I'll give you the scenario. So it was between us and Doncaster. Paul Dickoff was the manager at Doncaster. Doncaster were playing Leicester, so he was going back to, to Leicester. You know, there was a big party because Leicester had already been promoted. Um, I think Doncaster needed a point. Um, they ended up losing the game 1-0. I think David Nugent scored a penalty. Um, we were 2-0 down uh, at Bolton. Um, and then we scored in the 88-89th 80, minute. And then fourth official put up three minutes of stoppage time. Um and we ended up scoring the equaliser in the 96th minute of of stoppage time. The smallest player on the pitch, um, Paul Caddis, ended up popping up with a header. And, uh, yeah, ended up drawing the game 2-2. Ended up staying up on goal difference. Doncaster went down. And uh, I can't remember who it was. There's somebody on telly, one of them pundits, saying, oh, you should never celebrate... Uh, Avoiding, yeah, avoiding relegation, but like the emotions and the pressure and the feeling, the highs and the lows of the day and everything else, it was like we won a cup. Yeah, no, I'd say it was after just... limbs. Uh, I'd say yeah, yeah. Asians and everything. Uh, you can't help it. All the, all the, the passion, the frustration, the happiness, the it, and this relief, it all just 
it all just comes out and it was like we had won a cup or we got promoted you know it was just it was a, a party afterwards especially for a club like Birmingham that they were going through a, a, a tough time at the uh, at the stage um something to do with the chairman and, and the money being frozen and having no money and all that kind of stuff as happens with, with, with a lot of clubs or that has happened with a lot of clubs it was in a so bit of a transition as well, wasn't it? Because they they had won the Carling Cup, gone to the Championships. Keith Ahi was playing with them, and uh, I remember he left. Um, I don't know if he was still there when you were there. I think he might nah, have Keith to... had left. I actually watched. I actually watched uh, your interview with Keith the other day. It's a very good interview. Um, but Keith, uh, yeah, he had he had gone. Him and Jay O'Shea were there before me. They had left. Um, by the time I arrived, Jack Butland had just left, and Nathan Redmond had just left. Um. So, and again, there was players there on, on on big money that they were trying to get rid of, and players didn't want to leave because they're on good contracts. So they were contracted for however long, so they were going to stay there and and see out their contract. You know, none of them said they were never going to play. The ones that were there, they played um, whenever they were picked. But um, yeah, it was it was a tough time for the club. I think you, I think you can kind of get. I don't know if you've watched the Sunderland documentary on Netflix, where you kind of get an idea of kind of how that kind of works with clubs, players on big wages, and so on. It was it was really took, went into detail on that documentary. I think it gave people a different insight into what kind of goes on in that regard. If clubs go down and, and money and stuff like that. It can yeah. be difficult for the clubs, you know. It, it's difficult for the clubs, and sometimes it can be difficult for for fans to. Under understand um, sometimes um, obviously is it, uh, there's different ways to, to go about it but the way I it's like what I tried to say is like the fact we're talking about obviously players and their wage and everything else um, and the way I try to put it to fans is in whatever job you're in you have a job you sign a contract your wages are your wages if you are contracted to that specific job for however many years, something better comes along or your job says, we want to let you go. Not many people are going to accept it and say, oh yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll leave and that's it. Or if a rival company were to come in for and say to you, like, listen, come, come work for come work for us, you know, the money's more. I'm sure a lot of people, and I'm, I'm talking outside of football, a lot of people would be tempted and would do the same thing. 100%. And I think the difference, what the frustration is with footballers is because it's a hell of a lot more money than your average person. But at the end of the day, it's a job, it's a short career. So at the same time, I see why some people are... I don't want to say selfish, but you you get what you can while you're in the game because you retire mid thirties. There's still over half of your life to go. It's not like other jobs where you can work until you're sixty, sixty five, and then retire. Yeah, and and that's why obviously you see a lot of them go into coaching and so on to prolong, you know, getting money and so on into in, into their later life. Um, and again, people go into coaching because it's all you've known from from thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. I I don't think people do understand is that, you know, 
people don't look at football football as like humans. Like me and you are having a chat right now, which is very very casual. Um, yeah. You know, people probably don't see that side of footballers because not that many of them are are that open, I suppose, to doing something like this. Where I think that's maybe why people think like that because there's a little bit of a, a distant thing between, you know, I suppose the newer footballers and I think uh, just because footballers are footballers are looked at as. I don't know, though. Well, Wayne, Wayne Rooney said they were guinea pigs last week. He said it. Well, they're guinea pigs to the to the clubs. Like you're only as good, you're only useful to a club until someone better comes along or you stop performing, and then they'll go and get someone else. At the end of the day, football is a business. A team or a club will get rid of you just as quick as they sign you if you don't perform or if something better comes along. Yeah. Um. And. And that's just how it is. It's 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 a very it's a very ruthless business, and a lot of footballers say this. People, if you're not involved in football, and you're not in the changing rooms, you're not in the clubs. You don't know what goes on in the clubs, in the changing room, what's said, why people make the decisions that they do, and most of the time, players won't come out and say it. Um. So. You know, you do get backlash for, for, I don't know, not playing the game or handing in a transfer request and everything else. But people don't know the ins and outs. You don't know what's going on, what's been said, what meetings have been had. So, I don't know, therefore, you let people have their opinions and you just keep your mouth closed and keep it moving. It's the old saying, though, isn't it? There's, there's two sides to every story, you know, so people have their version and you'll have yours that's that's just the way it is in life you know yeah and again i get the fans are fans like the club is their life so they obviously have their opinion they're gonna have their they're gonna have their say and defend the club at all costs and players that leave are you know money hungry and whatever else but as i said they only know i'm not even going to say half of the story yeah, they they probably know a quarter. They probably know a quarter. Yeah, and then the clubs are the ones that can put out a statement, or a manager can say what he wants in the press, knowing full well that the player won't come out and say anything. Because if the player comes out and says something, then the player looks like the bad guy, complaining or trying to put his plead his case. It's funny you say that because I was listening to uh, Craig Bellamy on Jamie Carragher's podcast, and he actually said that about leaving Newcastle, and he said that. Uh, He's, he's done an interview after a game or something like that. Um, I, I basically said he knew he played his last game, but he said that you know the clubs can be cute like that, where they can play to the local media and get them to put out a uh, basically portray the player to, out to be the bad guy, and the player hasn't got a leg to stand on, like you just said there. So I, when you yeah. said that, that straight away came to my head. I was only listening to that yesterday. Yeah, well, I've got. I'm, I'm not going to name name the player or name what club I was at, but. He needed to play a certain number of games to get an extension. And for argument's sake, let's say the number of games was twenty-two. Yeah, he had been he had been playing all season. Needed twenty-two games to get an extra year. Got to twenty-one games. Never got on the pitch again, and then was made out to be in the press a bad egg in the changing room. And he'd done nothing wrong, and that's just what happens. That's you know, that that 
that can happen in football. It happens all the time. Yeah, I think it's again they can put a spin on it. Um, and Carragher and Bellamy both said it, and they were at you know Liverpool together. Um, so it was it was, it was really, they were quite honest. And again, it goes to show the I suppose the the honesty that they have, and again showing. I don't. I think a lot of stuff comes out when players leave or when players retire and they write books, and then you've got to find no, out. Trust me, trust me. When a lot of players retire, there there be so much coming out that stuffs like I said, stuffs come out already from from people who who've retired, and there's a lot more outspoken people that when they retire, they're gonna more than likely say a lot. But yeah, without without getting too without getting too deep into all of that, as I said, there's two sides to every story, and you know. For the most part, the players keep their mouths closed and just get on with the job. Yeah, well, we're kind of we'll, we'll move a bit more uh, on a more positive note. Um, yeah, yeah. West Ham, uh, 2015, the move there is, is that when you started kind of getting a look in because was 2015 was the was the Germany game, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So I was, but the, uh, what was it? The second. Sorry, if you hear that beep, and that's me washing machine. Um, Glad you heard my dog barking earlier, so we're going. <laughs> <laughs> the second season is when obviously I started getting in the Irish team more regular, and I probably moved up a place or two. Um, then the second season went, at Birmingham. Sorry, second season at Birmingham. Ended yeah. up then moving to moving to West Ham. Uh, played the first few games of the season, I think, because Adrian got sent off. Um, we had a good cup run, got to the quarterfinals of the cup. I think we got knocked out by Man United. Uh, I remember that cup run. And Adrian scored yeah. a, a penalty against Everton. That was no, that was the season before I got there. Sorry, so my the bad. season I yeah the season I arrived. Uh, I think I played the first. No, he played the first couple, then got sent off against Leicester, and then I played I don't know probably about six games, and he came back in, and then. Uh, I ended up playing then the end of the season, but um, from that move to West Ham and playing them games, uh, the Germany game was obviously that was that season, and uh, yeah, before I went to West Ham, I was probably third or fourth choice in the pecking order with the with the Irish team. There was Shea, Fordy, Westy, uh, I think Rob Elliott and then Rob me. Elliott uh, in and around yeah. Rob Elliott and then me. Uh, then Fordy was playing. I think Shea retired, and then Shea came back. Um, I can't remember like time frame and all that, but they were the keepers that were around. So, and I was somewhere near the bottom of all of that. Um, so, what was it the Germany game was Shea, Fordy, and me? Yeah. Um, because Fordy had been playing before that, before Shea went back in. Uh, again, I just assumed there. Uh, the order was again. Shea would play forties next, then me, in the Germany game, and then um, I think it was Martin O'Neill just turned to me and said, "Right, Darren, you're going on." And uh, yeah, been playing, been playing since then. See, when you say that, he just turned around to you randomly and said, "Like you're going against," they were the world champions at the time. Um, what was your, you know, did you have time to think about it? Or was just kind of just you're thrown in there? Okay, just perform. Oh, I didn't at the time. I wasn't thinking. Uh, oh my God, these are the world champions. There wasn't enough time. I had to get my tape on, get my gloves on, go to the side while they did the stuff on the board, and then then I was on the pitch. Um, 
so there wasn't really time to take all of that in which is looking back in a way is probably a good thing I think if I would have known maybe before the game I would have probably had too much time to think about it in the hotel and on the day of the game and everything else um so sometimes that can help just being thrown in uh and not having much time to think yeah because uh, like it's, it's mad was that your first competitive game uh first competitive game I played my first I know game was friendlies but like the, yeah, the first two were under Trapatoni. One was Oman at Craven Cottage. And then the other one was at Trapatoni again. We went to New York and we played Spain. And I played... Oh, I remember that, yeah. I played, uh, well, I don't know, the last half an hour or something of that game. Um, so to come in for your first competitive game and beat Germany and get an assist for the goal, uh, what were you thinking there? A lot of people are actually... assist... Uh, well, a bit about, but uh, my, a lot of people had asked um, when I put it out that we were going to be having a chat with you. Um, you know, what was the what was the thought behind the the ball to Shane Long? Uh, I got a pass back. I think it was from David Myler. So I can't remember. Someone was closing me down. So the only kind of space, obviously, because I'm predominantly right. Well, I am not predominantly. I am right footed. I just stand <laughs> on my left. I wanted to get it onto my right side. And on the right side, we had Shane Long and Jonathan Walters had been switching on that side. That's the side we had been kicking on. And uh, I don't know, the ball came back, took a touch, and I literally just looked up and I seen Shane and, uh, and Shane and Johnny kind of stood beside each other. Um, so obviously trying to pick one of them out. And I think Johnny must. I think Johnny was running back from an offside, and I generally think it just caught the Germans off off guard. I think they were still trying to squeeze up. Longy's obviously read the flight of the ball, um, and it's just one of them. It's one of them kicks. It wasn't. Sometimes when you kick, you kick a ball and it just hits a sweet spot and it just flies, and it's just one of them. The moment that I kicked it and I left my foot, in my head I thought, "That's gone miles." So then yeah. by the time I by the time I looked up, Shane was on his bike. He was off, and they weren't catching him. Yeah, because, so, you know, and when the goal went in, I'm sure the scenes were unbelievable. You turned around. Was it the kit man you turned around to? Is that, 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 picture, is that picture? No, no, no. It was, uh, it was the duck. So Stephen Ward had been injured. had been taken off or something. And while all this was going on, Stephen Ward and, 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 and the duck, he'll kill me for saying his name, Alan Byrne, was walking behind the goal. So obviously we've scored and I've turned around and in the celebration, the doc's obviously forgot where he is, and he had his he has his, his his medical bag, and he's just thrown the medical bag up in the air in celebration and started hugging Stephen Ward. <laughs> but the medical bags landed like a couple of feet away from me, so I've like turned around to see like what what's going on here, and then obviously noticed the doc looking at me, and the doc's face is like oh shit, I've like nearly hit you with the medical bag. And I, that's why I was laughing. I just found it funny. So then he's obviously ran on the pitch and picked up the medical bag and then ran back off again. But it was, uh, it, it's, it's one of those iconic pictures though. You know, uh, when people look at that, they obviously have great memories of one of the most famous victories in the Aviva Stadium. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's the thing. When I see the picture of me turning around smiling, I'm actually smiling at the dock. It's not. It's got nothing to do with the goal or anything else. I'm yeah. just laughing at him and the fact that he threw the 
because he was off the pitch and I was outside the six yard box. So that's a good distance to throw a medical bag. And obviously him trying to throw it in the air and getting excited in all the celebrations, it just flew onto the pitch. So that's who I'm actually that's who I'm actually smiling at. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> I'm just a picture of him there with the bag throwing at you. Um Yeah. But from from because at that moment we weren't really sure if we were gonna be, you know, in contention there. Like to win that game was massive, absolutely massive. Because we correct me if I'm wrong, we'd uh, we'd lost to Scotland in, in qualifying. So to go and uh, play Germany and get that result was obviously massive. Um and after yeah. that result then Sure, well, that got us the playoff then, didn't it? Got us in the playoff, and we ended up playing Bosnia. Yeah, uh, went away to Bosnia the first leg. I honestly can't remember the name of the, the town or the place we stayed in Bosnia, but there was some, it was like a uh, Sarajevo, huh? Sarajevo, maybe you. I, I ain't got a clue. I just turned up to places and play. I don't really remember much of the names of places, <laughs> but uh. There was some like prison, some notorious prison that was in this town. It was it had just like an eerie feeling about it. Uh, you know, you could still see, you know, uh, bullet holes in buildings, and there was like um, makeshift like crosses and stuff in the ground, obviously where people had had died and stuff. Um, so we went to play in the stadium. It was a little tiny, tiny, tiny stadium. Probably held about ten, eleven thousand people. So they had their flares and everything else. Um, and then, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes into the game, or maybe the whole game, that was when all the fog. Yeah, I remember from Robbie Brady's goal, yeah. Yeah, so obviously then when that happened, so the fog and the mist came in, so I couldn't see what's happening up the other end of the pitch. So I was having to look at the bench, and then the bench were having to signal to me when the ball was coming over the halfway line, so I'd know the ball's coming. Wow, so I still missed. I'd missed. I still haven't seen uh, Robbie Brady's goal to this to this day. I just remember hearing hearing some cheers because there was a bit of a delay. Like it, it went in and there was a delay, and p- people didn't know whether to cheer or not. Then everyone started cheering, and I couldn't see anybody. I could just see mist. And then the next yeah. minute, I think Seamus Coleman, Seamus Coleman was running back from the halfway line, and then Seamus ran to me. And then obviously he jumped on top of me. So I think it was only me and Seamus celebrating by ourselves and everybody else was up the other end. But um, yeah, so anyway, they ended up getting an equaliser, finished 1-1. And then we went back to <clears throat> back to the Aviva and uh, obviously beat them there. I think Johnny scored two. Yeah. Yeah. He so, was um, he was such a crucial player for us. He was. He's, it was a massive, he's a massive uh, part of the team. You know, absolute gentleman uh, yeah. off the pitch to play against. He could be a nightmare. He was clever, knew how to win free kicks. He was brave. He was strong. He's just one of them players you want on your team. Yeah. Do you remember the? Well, you obviously do remember because he played in it. The when he when he, I think it was like three Germans tried to get the ball up in the corner against Germany, and that was yeah. that, uh, Shane Longo uh, game. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, and it's no Johnny's in the gym all the time. So I'm not surprised he's able to hold off three. He's able to hold off three players. He's very strong. He's a strong man. Three big boys as well. Hey, three big boys as well. Yeah, but Johnny's not someone I'd want to mess with. There's not many people that I'd say that about, but he's he's one of them. 
Yeah. yeah. But yeah, as I said, yeah, I just remember because he was largely played kind of on the right, whereas I think he said himself his best position was a striker. It would have been nice maybe to see him down in the middle, but he was so effective on the right. Oh, but I think I think at that time you either had Robbie or you had Shane up the top, and then you had Johnny out on the right. And I think for us it worked well. So, yeah, for a lot of diags. Yeah, exactly. And although he would have preferred to play up top by himself, he was playing well. He was he was scoring. So kind of it's one of them. If it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Um. How are you doing washing your hands a there, good man? Bit of hand sanitizer. Show us how to do it there. Uh, you miss. I'm nearly halfway through now. Well, I'm you have to count up to 20 it. seconds now. Hey? You have to count up to 20 seconds now. Is that what it is? Count to 20? Yeah. <laughs> I must be on 15 seconds already. I'd say you're there or thereabouts now. Right, go on. You're doing well to, you're doing well to get a, a, a bottle of that anyway. Well, you know, I've I'll let you let you in a little secret. So before they closed all the gym and everything else, this little bottle was empty. And I went to the gym in the hotel, and they had they had hand sanitizer. So I seen it, and I ran back up to the apartment, and I took this empty bottle and ran back down to the gym <laughs> and robbed it and filled it up in my little bottle. So I had some, and now the gym's closed. So if I run out of that, I'm screwed. Well, it was quick thinking all the same. Yeah. Right, so we, we're, we've, we've spoken about the playoffs. Let's talk about the Euros. Um, great time, you know, great experience. Did you know going into that tournament that you were going to be the main keeper? Uh, I, uh, I would have thought so because I'd played in the games leading up to it. But then at the same time, I was thinking obviously because Shea was still around and the experience and he'd been at more turn tournaments than I had been yeah. at, I thought there is a chance they could put him put him back in. Um, but at the same time, that's out of my control. I don't think I put a foot wrong up to that stage, so I don't think there was a case for me not to play. The only thing I could think about would have been if somebody would have used the experience shout. Yeah. So I have to say though, it, it, like since you got the um the shirt against Germany, you've been pretty much a mainstay and I've been the number one. I think every fan always, you know, you you're the main keeper and and they're there for the long haul, you know. I think that's the, yeah. the thinking at that point anyway. Yeah. Well I don't know. I, I, on, I don't know. I must be on roughly 40 odd caps now i think i i, I haven't kept i need to check that but um as i said i've managed to to stay in the team and play since since the germany game and i want to i want to continue like i'm desperate to get to another another championship to get to, well obviously i was going to say to get to the one in the summer but now that's moved um yeah, it's next year. If, if, if it was to happen, and then you get to have like what is it, two of the group games in Dublin? Yeah, and then I think Bill Bow is the is will be the, the third group game. Yeah, but to have two of them in in uh, in Dublin be mental. You know, seeing the uh, the videos that were going around like Facebook and social media of all the Irish fans in France, like imagine that in Dublin, it'd be carnage. Yeah, it'd be unbelievable. Do you remember the? Do you remember the flag, the um, the flag of you? 
the Gandalf. Yeah, the, what was it? Thou shall not pass. You, yeah, you shall. Yeah, thou shall not pass. Or you shall not pass. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually met, I actually met the guys in uh, who made the flag in uh, after one of the games at the Aviva in the players' lounge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did they get a picture of yeah, it? Yeah, they, I think they, I think they brought the uh, the flag with them, and we got a picture with it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so, pretty cool. That, that was nice. It was nice. Yeah, good times, good memories. Um, so talk to me about the Euros. I don't want to go too much into it because uh, I know you're 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 on our program there and you're kind of set in a routine. So, um, just talk to me about the tournament, the, the highs and the lows of of the tournament of uh, the Euros 2016. Yeah, there's a lot of high, a lot of highs um, from the tournament. Of the only low is getting is getting knocked out. Um, but again, the Sweden game, Wes's Wes's goal. Uh, Iconic, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, obviously, the Belgium there's a tough group anyway, but the Belgium game, yeah, that was a downer because we were never really in the game. Um, and then you go into the into the Italy game, knowing knowing you need to win, and it's one of them, one of them typical Irish nights. We got we got the the performance, we got the results, and obviously Robbie Robbie scored. Uh, and then next you go on obviously to play. To play France, who ended up going all the way to the final, um, but uh, yeah, to, to, to play at the stadiums, play against the players. You know, we got to play against, got to play against. Obviously, who's Sweden? Ibrahimovic, obviously Belgium, full of, full of like world class players. Yeah, unbelievable talents there, and France as well. Italy yeah, as well. Italy the same, and then you go on to play France. You know, you're playing, you're playing top teams, top players. Um, so you know to to be on the same pitch as them and and and, and pit yourself against them, uh, brilliant. Um, sorry, go on. So there wasn't that many, wasn't that many negatives, you know. There's a lot, yeah, of, people yeah. that, a lot of people that want to get to these tournaments but never get the chance, and obviously get to. Not only did I get there, I actually got to play through the whole thing. Yeah, and. Talk to me about kind of the, I don't know, the celebrations from 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 your point of view because no one really sees, you know, the the goalkeepers because um, obviously you only see the goal scorers. But the celebrations, what was it like for you? Like, did you ever take it all in, or was it just one of those things where you, you weren't able to take it all in because you had the task at hand of playing the game? Uh, I'm, to be honest, I, it's very rarely that I'll. That I'll celebrate a goal. I might, you might get, you know, a fist pump, or I may jump in the air, but then that's about it. Because then my focus is, you know, right from kickoff, they don't score. You know, it's, it's that same cliche: you're most vulnerable at, uh, after you score a goal. So I try and get that out of the way straight away. Um, but in terms of the Euros, obviously, when we scored and we're getting, you know, the wins and the results, and you're looking at the celebrations and just green everywhere. You know that is, it's hard to ignore and hard not to not to notice. Um, and the Irish, they know how to party. They know have a good time. They know how to have a good time. Sorry, uh, as as they've shown on uh, many occasions. Yeah, um, like I just you think you think of that Euros and you just think you think the the Robbie Brady goal, the celebrations, the, the tears in the eyes. Then you think of the 
Wes running out after scoring against Sweden, running along and doing the new slides. So many good, um, you know, flashbacks. What's it like for you when you when you see the, I suppose, the pictures even of, of those times? Just bring back happy memories, good good memories. We had good good group. We stayed obviously in Versailles and some castle. We had good laugh in the castle. Uh, got to go out and walk around a little bit, but we always had like security with us with all different guns and they were all dotted all around the place. So we couldn't get involved in kind of the touristy scenic side of things as, as much as we wanted to. We were there to do a job. Um, but when we could, we got our own free time. But uh, looking back on the pictures, it, it, it's just happy memories. Happy memories at times, as you said, time to always, always stick out in in your mind. Yeah, so coming off the, the back of that tournament, um, what was this, what was the story with your uh, club boys? You were at West Ham, am I right in saying? Off the back of that yeah. tournament? I can yeah. double check if you want. I'm still at West Ham at, um, then, yeah. So if you want to say it in your own way, that's totally fine. I, I I just wanted to keep I just wanted to keep playing football. Um, obviously they brought in Joe Hart. I was told he was going to play, um, and I wanted to I wanted to keep playing football. Um, again, people have their own thoughts and opinions, and I'm not really bothered to be honest. It's, it's again, it's my it's my life, it's my career. I do what I think's best for me, uh, and I was just going to go back on the bench after having played. Um, so, saw the chance, the opportunity to leave. Uh, it was another challenge, you know, going to Middlesbrough, who just come down and looking at their squad, they had a, they had a great squad. And, and I just thought, right, great chance to go to go straight back up. You know, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But again, went there, played, played well, um, got a lot of accolades, great support. A great relationship, sorry, with the supporters at, at Middlesbrough. Um, obviously, playoff semi-final first year. They missed out by a point. I think the Derby the second year and then uh, obviously left in January. Yeah, but talking talk, because you had know, good times at Middlesbrough. You were, you were voted the fans player of the year there. The fans really seemed to, to take to you. Yeah, they did. We had a good, as I said, a good, good relationship. Um, again, it helps because <laughs> always helps if you're playing well if you're playing well then uh, you know the fans are going to like you um, and you know give or take the odd week I was there performing pretty much every every game or I'd have something to do in, in every game um, and, 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 and they, they appreciated that and, and I appreciated them I yeah, but even, do appreciate, I still do appreciate them. Yeah, but even when, even when, like, you know, when you were playing with them, you had a serious amount of clean sheets. How many clean sheets did you get last year when you were when you were voted the player of the year? Was it twenty one? Uh, I think it was twenty. I had twenty. So twenty clean sheets, and you played. I'm right in saying you had a record number of appearances as well for them, or was it just a, a lot of games and you you didn't miss any games? Oh, the league games, I've played every single league game when I was there. I didn't miss one. I obviously didn't play some I, I didn't play some cup games. 
Oh, yeah, that, that, that reminds me because I remember saying to you at the uh, training ground, it's just don't get injured. And you said, I, I jinxed you because you, did, you end up getting injured then not, not long after that. I felt like shit. Yeah, exactly. It was your fault. Your fault. Oh, sorry. You made me miss it. But um, no, yeah, it was like, I don't know, 100 and something consecutive league uh, league appearances. But um, yeah, no, good times. And like I said, because of you, ended up getting injured. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but see, off the back of that, I, I, you, you spoke about obviously wanting to play or whatever. And I think because you were playing so well with Middlesbrough, you know that obviously kept your place as Ireland number one. Um, <clears throat> we're going back a year. I think it's either yesterday or today that um, we played Gibraltar. Um, you know the campaign we would have been playing, we would have been flying out to Slovakia today. Um, well, I know my flight would have been deceived, and that's all been pushed pushed back now. Um, so, talk to me a bit about the the, the campaign um, to get as far as the playoffs so far. I mean, you made some unbelievable saves. That Gibraltar game, one of the saves there, uh, you know, that ultimately won us the game because uh, to me that looked like it was going in. It was a great save, and there's there's other saves that stand out. There was one against Switzerland. I think it was Paulson off, off the top of my head. There, I'm thinking you made some really good saves that kept us in contention yeah uh, <clears throat> Gibraltar one was uh, I, I don't know I, I've been the same in uh, in club football as well I've never liked I've always been more nervous playing the so-called smaller teams than the big teams club and country and Gibraltar being the first uh game in the group having to go over there on the astro all that stuff we landed it was blowing the gale got planes flying everywhere and you just thought you just knew it was going to be a tough game and it's all well and good saying just get an early goal and you know it'll open up and it'll be easy and blah 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 and you win the game five or six nil, people say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, you should have. You win one nil, oh, it's not good enough. We only beat them one nil, blah, blah, blah. You draw or lose, it's the end of the world. You know, we're the worst team ever. Um, and I even think I remember probably Mick was saying it on the, uh, called him Mick, the manager, was saying on the side, even he was nervous because he didn't want that to be his first game. And then that just would have been a horrible start to the group. He just said, we, we all said during the week, forget about the performance. It's the result we need. Yeah. Fly out three here. Points. Fly, yeah. Fly out here, get three points, get back on the plane and get home. And we did. We managed to get the... Um, get the... Uh, Two results, I think it was. Georgia that week as well. And, yeah, and, and Georgia as well. Now, Georgia are different. Georgia technically were a lot better and they actually came out to play. It's hard to play... Played Gibraltar, you know, they were cheering like they'd won the game, just losing 1 0. The same in Dublin. And it's harder when they sit behind the ball and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, again, that's what we've done to teams in the past. So we I, we can't complain. You do that if you're playing teams that are better than you. You're not always going <coughs> to, you're not always going to go gun ho and let the better teams pick you off and whatever else. You want to keep it as tight as possible. Um, but then yeah, we played Georgia, 
technically very good, had some very good players. That was a lot tougher, but we ended up getting getting the job done that game as well. Um, got off to a good start. It was a great, it was a great campaign. Uh, at the start of it, you know, everybody would have said, "Now, nah, no chance." You know, we won't be anywhere near it come the end. But by the end of it, to be in the position where you need a win against Switzerland or um, Denmark. Denmark, and then also to have the playoffs. Anybody would have taken that before the group. Well, I think. Lying if they, if well, I think so as well because you know it's well documented that there was it, it, it wasn't going well uh, towards the back end of, of Martin's reign and obviously Mick then coming in. You spoke you know, how Mick. Um, I spoke to you at the training ground. You were saying you know the mood was very good, and you were saying it was down to Mick. But what's he done that kind of I would not say galvanized the group, but kind of brought them. Uh, the morale, you could say. Um, I, I think it's just something fresh. It's like a new, new. Uh, well, I get what you mean fresh. because it's like uh, you know it was a bit toxic with the the, the the WhatsApp stuff getting out and all that type of stuff. So it was it, it was never really going to end well after that, wasn't it? So having Nick coming in and something fresh, as you said. Yeah. Oh. Again, all that stuff, you know, unfortunately it happened and it, yeah, there's never a good time for it to happen, but it didn't happen at the best of times. And it happens in football, but it happened to get out and whatever else, it kind of soured the end of it. Um, but then with Mick, then it was just fresh and, you know, everybody having to... I suppose prove himself again or whatever else and just the way is he very uh, enthusiastic and just you know he wants people to have a laugh and have fun but also work hard and do do what he tells you to do um, and again I said this through the campaign it also helps when you're winning games Winning games makes everything else seem so much better. So when we're sat top of the group, joined top of the group, and you know under new staff, it's it looks a lot better. Yeah, I think that's something as well. People people will go into uh, they'll go into it a bit and be like, oh well, we only got the results against the smaller teams and so on. But like we did give Denmark a game, Switzerland a game as well, um, especially at home. But Denmark away, I would say we gave them the game. We gave Switzerland the game at home. We gave Denmark the game away, which we could have actually won because we had three or four probably counter-attack breakaways in Denmark. Um, now, people, I'm sick of hearing about Denmark, but people go on about Denmark, blah, blah, blah. Every time we've played them, there's only the one game, the playoff game, where, yeah, all right, they give us a hiding. But that's because we're chasing the game. It's a playoff game that we needed to, we needed to win. So again, this is what I said before about going gun ho and leaving yourself open. You do that against good teams, you get punished. And that's what we did that night. We got punished, fair enough. But the other, what was it, four or five times we played them, it's been close. Um, so, again, like I said, gave, gave them a good game, gave Switzerland a good game. Last game over in Switzerland, obviously. Uh, 
obviously with Seamus getting sent off and then them scoring late on, the, the result looks a lot worse than what it actually was. But yeah, you made, you made a penalty save as well. Hey, okay. And you made a penalty save as well in that game. Yeah, save penalty that game. So I think, but like at the end of it, the results probably what probably probably flattered them a little bit. It didn't it wasn't as bad as what as as, as what it seemed because we did play a lot better in the second half. Well, I thought um, I spoke to Shane Duffy after the Denmark game, the last Denmark game, and he was saying how good Switzerland were. Like he he, he thinks they're really top side. I think they're a little bit underrated as a team. I think I and I I said after the Switzerland game they're the best team in the group. Yeah, he said the same. They were they're the best team in the best team in the group. Um, I think most of that group of players have all played together since underage, and they ended up breaking through all together. So they know each other well. Five or six of them played the same club teams. Um, So got five or six players playing at the same club that goes into the national team that can only help. Um, And they got players playing at top clubs, but they are the best team in the in the group. By, by a long way. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Um, yeah, yeah. So the the playoffs are, are, are put off for the foreseeable. So you left Middlesbrough to join uh, West Ham in January. What was the thought process behind that? Because you obviously loved at uh, Middlesbrough, your first choice there. What, what was your thinking behind that? In your in your own words. Well, different to when I moved out when I when I left West Ham to go to Middlesbrough the first time. I'm three years older. Um, again, I wanted to get back into the Premier League. Um, the chance came when it did. Middlesbrough looking to offload players because without the parachute payment, you know, eventually clubs are going to have to lower the wage bill. Um, and again, it was a chance for me to go back to the Premier League, a club that I've been at before. I felt like I had unfinished, unfinished business. Um, and again, when I actually arrived at the club, I ended up playing. The, I ended up playing the first four or five games, and I arrived anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Um, now, a lot of people. This isn't my words, but a lot of people are asking. You know, why did you go there when you they felt like you were going to be second choice to Fabianski? Do you have anything to say to that? Oh, people can say that all they want. They can ask. They can ask that question. Is the, the you know they got free speech? It's their opinion. But as I just said, it's a chance. Uh, ter- I'm 32. I'll be turning 33 at the end of the season. Um, you know, it's a three and a half year contract that takes me to 36 uh, at a Premier League team. Um, and again, I'm very much of the mind frame, you never know what can happen. As I said, I signed, I arrived, and I was playing. Yeah, first so, game against Everton, wasn't it? First game was Everton. We ended up drawing the game one each, which we should have won. Um, ended hey. up playing then. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot you're an Everton fan. Um, but, yeah, I ended up playing then <clears throat> until Fabianski's back from, uh, was back from injury. But um, again, it's another challenge, um, and who knows, who knows what can happen. Yeah, well, I suppose it's it's good, healthy competition as well for yourselves. I mean, you want to be playing to your best ability um, to remain, obviously, as Ireland number one as well. 
Or 23. Yeah. You wear 23, don't you? Yeah, 23. Any particular reason behind that, actually? Well, we're on that Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. Uh, I've got 23 tattooed on my arm. Um, it's the number I had from when I played against the, uh, against Germany, and I've just kept it, tried to keep it ever since. Different clubs, sometimes when I arrive, players already have the, uh, have the number. Like when I arrived at West Ham, one of the boys already had it, so I can't take it, but... Um, whenever, whenever I can, I, I'll, 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 I'll wear the number twenty-three. Yeah, it's your, it's your go-to. Mm. Right. Well, just, just gonna ask you just two quick things. Um, your academy, um, is obviously running. It's all over the place now. It's, it's really expanding. So you started that up. It was about what, a year and a half ago. Maybe less. Yeah. No, probably about a year ago. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, less than a year and a half. Maybe no, maybe, maybe just about a year ago. So talk to me about that because it's been really successful, hasn't it? So far, so so far, so good. Been uh, it's done done very well, better than probably all of us involved thought it. You know, thought it would be. Uh, I think we've got five venues now, or four, four or five venues now. Um, looking to open up a few more. Um, so yeah, it's going going very well, better than a lot better than. than than I expected. Um, the only difficult thing that I found is uh, obviously when you're in the championship is having the time off to to come back. Um, but uh, you know you find ways to make it happen, whether it's a, a red eye flight or the last flight uh, of the night, um, just to get back and, and, and to oversee um, what's going on and to see you know the the talent coming through basically. Yeah, but I also find that when you come over, you know, you don't get a minute. You're, you're, you're there signing everything for everybody, which is a really nice touch. Yeah, it's it, it's always busy when when I do come over. Obviously, I want to go over there and see what's going on. But at the same time, then, um, you know, the kids want to kick a ball around. They always want to take penalties. They always want to take shots. They're always telling me, oh, I'll score a penalty against you. So I always, <laughs> get sucked, I always get sucked into all of that. And you do the, you know, the pictures and the... <clears throat> and the autographs and all that, but I, I don't mind that. That's that's part and parcel of um, of what comes with the job, and then going back, going back to the academy. And um, as I said from the start, if there's you know one or two kids that end up making a career out of football from being in the academy, or even having been there for a couple of years and go on to something else, going on to something better. Then I've done my job. That's 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 good enough for me. Yes, I'd like, I'd like, fifty of them to go on to be professional footballers and whatever else. But um, you know, statistically, it may not happen. But if it keeps people busy, keeps people interested, um, and like I said, if there's if there's if there's, if there's a, a small few that go on to. To bigger and better things than than happy days. I'll, I'll get more enjoyment out of that than, than anything else. And just uh, in regards to the actual academy itself, if someone who's say listens to this and wasn't aware of it, how can they join? Where can they join up? And, and, and where are the venues? Venues are Abbottstown, uh, Arklow, uh, Tullamore. I uh, got one in Saint Eaters, um, Carlo Kilkenny. Um, so you go on uh, Rand's Academy, 
dot com and you'll be able to go there or go on the, the Instagram page, Dan Randolph Academy, um or Rand's Academy, sorry. Um I think it's called Dan Randolph Academy now. Dan Randolph Academy and just send uh send a message on on there and uh leave details and, and we'll get in touch. Yeah. Well I've got two questions from two fans. Um just to finish off it, I've, I've sent you huh? are, are they nice questions? Yeah, did you not get a chance to look at them now? Hello, Lauren. My name is Patrick McKernan. My name is Gaka. If you were to pick two footballers to self-isolate with during the coronavirus, who would you pick? Um Hey Patrick and Cara, thanks for the question. Um the two players I'd probably self-isolate myself with would be uh, I'm going to say probably Robbie Brady and Jeff Hendrick just because the two of them together are just are just jokers. Yeah, I, I would just sit there and just watch them two argue and make jokes and laugh. Um, I think that's it. Uh, so they're best mates, aren't they? The whole way yeah, up. Yeah, they're best mates. They room together, so they're next door. They their room is right beside mine, so I can always hear them laughing and joking and the and blaring the music. I blare my music, but then they blare they blare their music. So we'll go in there. Um, but they seem like again, a bit of crack. Go on. They seem like a bit of crack, all right. No, no, they are. Jeff, Jeff, and Robbie are funny. Um, but then again, Shane Duffy is another one. Like Shane Duffy is just entertainment as well. <laughs> but he's he's only entertainment for as big as he is. He gets scared very easy. So like me and Seamus Coleman have a thing of always jumping out and frightening him, or like just like creeps creeping up behind him and shouting like something in his ear, and he'll jump and throw his phone. And that's just <laughs> that just brings me, that just brings me entertainment. So he could be another close candidate. I actually seen that uh, there was a teammates video on FAI TV of uh, of McLean and Shane Duffy. And McLean actually said that about Shane. He goes, "How would you skate? You jump out and frighten you." Yeah, it was yeah. only up the other day. Um, wait, will I have a, a, another question here? Hi, Darren. John from Cork here. My question is: What was your best moment as a goalkeeper for Ireland so far in your career? Keep up the good work. Come on, you boys in green. John Manning's question about um, what is my best moment uh, for Ireland so far. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't just probably pick out one. The obvious one uh, would be uh, the Germany game or getting to the Euros. Um, and then also probably the the game against Bosnia in the playoff to... Uh, actually get to the Euros, that atmosphere that night was, was something, something spectacular. So I can't pick out uh, one moment. Uh, Wales away when James McLean scored, that's, that's, that's another one that's up there. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's just a few of my, my favourite moments so far. Hopefully many more to come. Please God, please God. Well, just lastly, uh, Darren, um, before we finish, have you messaged anyone uh, regarding the, the coronavirus? Um, you know, I think James Palm and a couple of other players leaving some messages just to say stay at home and stuff like that. So if you if you'd like to say something to anyone, 
Uh, yeah, just well, just to reiterate what what the other lads have said, Seamus, and what's being said on the news and what everyone's reading online, and it is really just to stay safe, stay stay indoors. You know, basic personal hygiene. Um, you know, the social distancing um, is very serious and can be very serious. You know, you may not be sick yourself, but you may, you know. Um, unknowingly pass it on to somebody else. So I think um, for now, kind of do as you're told, as as boring as it is, probably to sit indoors all day. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of other things you could be doing when you're indoors, and um, obviously all the different the different challenges and whatever you want to do, read books. I don't know, you know, use your imagination, but but definitely listen listen to you, uh, to the advice that's that's given um and and stay safe and keep keep you and the, and your family and your loved ones safe as well yeah um speaking of, of things to do anyone watching and hasn't followed the road to glory and darren's kept me in it so far with the irish team we're playing euro yeah. at the moment and yeah without giving too much away you, you you've, you've kept me in the group i've kept you in the group yeah well, we've got it over, but I'm not going to give it too much away. Yeah, don't give too much away, but I'll be looking forward to seeing how, how it all ends up. Um, well, Darren, I just want to say a huge thanks for coming on. It's been a great chat. Um, this has probably been one of the best chats I've had with uh, any of the players I've ever had on. So thanks very much for giving up your time. Um, I know you're you're still busy, even though you're in isolation. So thank you very much for that. No, not a problem. Like I said, I've got I had a free free bit of time in between in between workouts now so i'm off to do another one but uh nah, it's no problem anytime and uh thanks for having me i've, I've, I've really enjoyed it uh, yeah but... also thanks for the questions from uh from the fans as well i'm sure they'd be, be delighted now to see your response to their questions um but if uh if anyone else would like to see us get some try even get some more players on let us know in the comments don't forget to like and don't forget to subscribe to first football fan tv thanks very much for watching the speech he's asked I was going to say thank you, take care, all the best.